Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. And I want to thank you for joining me today. This is part two in a series of what you need to consider before investing in a scanner for your agricultural equipment. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore re-air of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. And you may say, well, I missed that episode last week, part one. Then it's no problem whatsoever because every week uh, it is listed as a podcast at farmmachinerydigest.com or most, if not all, major podcast hosting sites. So if you did miss, this is our first time I'm doing a multiple part series show. So if you did miss the first episode, don't tune out today. Listen to this. Go to the website or a podcast hosting site and then listen to it and then re-listen to it again. Uh, Re-listen to this again. And depending upon how things go today with how much information I'm able to deliver to you, I do not know if there will be a part three. But at the end of the show, I will tell you because this is a big investment for you to invest in a scanner. I'm not talking about a $59 or $89 scanner from Amazon or from Tractor Supply, well, not Tractor Supply, Harbor Freight. I'm talking about a five-digit investment, $10,000, dollars $11,000 for a proper scanner for you to use on your agricultural equipment. So a quick recap, in case you did not listen, uh, in case you forgot what you listened last week, which I would not blame you, Right, or you're new and you're picking up the show today that you didn't hear last week's and didn't get a chance to go to the website and give it and and digest it is probably the best word is that what I'm talking about last week is what I what I spoke about is the considerations that you need to make before you invest in a scan tool that you have to identify what you want to accomplish the equipment you have you want to use it on your not only your financial level of investment that you are comfortable with but the personal level of investment that you are comfortable with because there is going to be excuse me a learning curve with this right like with any piece of equipment because once you put a scan tool on some sort of control system you're going to see data and you're going to see information and numbers that you have never seen before So there's going to be a learning curve, and we're going to discuss that on today's episode. And what I suggested in last week's show, uh, as I said in part one, is that I have no skin in the game with this. Uh, I recommended that you check out a company called Kojali, C-O-L-J-A-I, and they have a an excellent agricultural-based, and they have other tools also, agricultural-based scanner that's called the JAL, J-A-L, test. So I want you to go there and check that out and do your due diligence. And uh, when this show is all done, I would suggest going back to the website, even if you caught all the parts of it, and then listen to them consecutively so you don't have that week in between. But it is very important that you invest in the scanner that is going to meet your requirements and meet your needs and be able to have connectivity to the level you want with the equipment that you have 
And as most farms have eclectic brands of equipment, yes, there are people who have all of the same brand, but most farms do not. And if that is the situation, then you have to also take that into consideration because you need to have a scanner that's going to interface across different brands. So that is a recap of what I discussed last week before we go into today's uh, learning. But, you know, keep in mind also that this is not for everyone. And it is no disrespect. It is not a knock on you or what have you. So if you only have a couple of pieces of tier four equipment, then you say, I'm not going to spend ten dollars or $12,000 because you have to remember that a scanner... This is a tool, and as I said last week, it is like a rotary hoe. It's a rescue tool, all right, that you're only going to use it when you have a problem. So if you've never had a problem or haven't had a problem up until now, then your investment, financial investment in this tool is going to bring you no return whatsoever. It's going to be sitting sitting in the, in the toolbox, all right? But when we come back from the break, I will discuss where how you'll have an investment beyond that and re- have a ret- ROI beyond that because you will be learning and the, the education that you will get from it will definitely pay multiple dividends and be a huge return if and when one day you do have a problem or an issue. So that is going to be up to you to listen to the shows, do your research, and then decide at what particular point and do not feel that you have to be obligated not by me but by the the community to because of the right to repair you have to invest in this well that would be like saying i mean may need to i may i'm gonna have to balance my tires on my pickup truck one day so let me buy a wheel balancer so that is the logic you need to apply But never forget that agriculture runs on machinery and profits on reliability, and I will be back in a few minutes. Equine rehab has come a long way in the last few years, and water therapy has been shown to be helpful. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Bob Judd with Texas Fed News on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. And underground and overground water treadmills can be useful when rehabilitating horses after an injury or just for conditioning. Swimming can also be used for rehabilitation, but it is more suited for conditioning than rehabbing an injury. Dr. Steve Adair from the University of Tennessee indicates in the Horse publication that aqua therapy's most important mechanism of action is buoyancy, which can range from the horse being totally weight-bearing to almost non-weight-bearing. The greater resistance, the greater strengthening the exercise provides. Dr. Adair goes on to say that the primary use of underground and overground water treadmills in rehabilitation is to provide therapeutic exercise in a reduced weight-bearing environment with controlled stress on the injured tissue. Underground units hold more water and create more buoyancy, while above-ground units allow the rehab specialist to tailor the water depth to a specific injury. All of these options can be used for full body conditioning of normal horses to improve and maintain performance. When rehabilitating a horse in underground or overground water, buoyancy allows the horse to exercise without trauma to the injured tissue. The higher the water level, the greater the buoyancy. Hydrojets aerate the water and can be used to increase buoyancy and resistance, and the higher the water level and the greater the speed of the jets, the greater the resistance. 
The height of the water affects joint motion as higher water will increase joint flexion until the water gets above the knee or hock. Swimming is best for conditioning, while under or overground treadmills are better for rehabbing injuries. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Alrighty, welcome back to the show. And this is part two of what you need to consider slash know before investing in a scanner for your agricultural equipment. And as I said last week, a scanner is a tool that allows you to interface with the electronic controls, specifically on the engine and transmission, and hopefully with the rest of the piece of farm equipment if the need be if the need is there. Right, and that ability is there. So, without any further ado, I think before the break, I, I, I Kojali is K-O-J-A-L-I. I think I said K-O-C. I think it's with a C. Let me look at my notes. It's C-O-J-A-L-I, Kojali. So, you could check them out and look them up. And there's, I also want to say there are other brands. And if you go to use, if you use Kojali's website as a jumping off point, and then look on dealers, there's many different dealers that sell out. And if you click on the dealers, let's say like um, the one is called, I think, Diesel Toolbox or something, uh, Diesel Laptop, is that you will uh, find that there are other brands. But you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your shopping. And it has to be something that's going to meet your needs. All right. I'm like buying a, a, a small grain head when you just raise corn. So what, what, what good is that? All right. So now... So we're going to assume that you already made an investment in some some product, some scanner that that's allowing you to interface with the ECU, the control unit on this piece of farm equipment. Well, there's two dynamics that are going to be involved here. First, you need to learn how to use and navigate the tool. That's number one. Right, and the second dynamic is that uh, that you need to be able to interpret the data that the tool is giving you. But first, we need to know how to what we would call drive the tool. So, what one of the things that you would look you would look for, whether it is available in some of the equipment and or not, is lots of times they will have a demo mode or they will have a mode that you could put the scan tool in. And usually, as I said last week, it's usually interfaced to a dedicated laptop that they give you. And through this demo mode, it'll allow you to navigate the different screens. You're going to have to learn that navigation and you're going to have to learn where things are. So you're going to have to practice this. And if they have it and, and you do in 99 chances out of 100, even if it doesn't have a demo mode, you could learn to navigate the screens and come in and out of them and find out where they are located without having the without having the scanner plugged into a piece of equipment so you could sit at your kitchen tables you could sit in your farm shop you could sit at your desk or whatever and play with this and that is going to be imperative for you to do that because if you cannot navigate this and don't and this navigation is not going to come instantaneously so it's like i mean if if you think buying a new computer or buying a, a new cell phone a smartphone is is got a learning curve that's nothing compared to this because you are going to have to get a visual uh, recognition of different screens at this particular point. You may know not, you, 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 
you probably won't even know what they're talking about. But you have to have some, you say, okay, that's about DEF there, or, or dosing rate or something, or a pulse width modulation of the, of, of this circuit. And uh, so you're going to have to play with that. And keep in mind that the longer you play with it, the more intuitive you become with it, the better it's going to be, all right? So if it's very complex, and then if you have the based upon the scanner that you invest with so let's say that you have two two different brands of equipment that you want to connect to have connectivity to so let's say you have a, a fent ideal combine and that you have a uh a steiger road track tractor okay and they both so you you could connect to both of them what you're going to find is that there is going to be some level of commonality in the screens but based upon what that system delivers and how they have it worded is that it's it's most likely going to be different one may be able to show you this and another one doesn't show you that so there's going to be this learning curve is going to be going on but first as i said you need to be able to know how to steer this this scanner and how to access different screens and for somebody who has some experience in the automobile industry that really is not the case because with obd2 uh, from 1996 on, there was some commonality in the logic or the, the verbiage, I should say, of the data stream. and uh, But still, there was differences. And on OBD2, at that level, at the auto repair level, you did not get all of the screens. You just got what the government's mandated. And with off-road equipment, which is what agricultural equipment is and construction equipment, a lot of guys have construction loaders to, that they use on to feed cows, all right? The thing is that that's a whole different animal. It's not as the emissions are regulated, but there's not that government influence saying, no, you all have to have the same language. So you're going to have to learn this. And as I said a few minutes back, before you make an investment, ask the the salesperson, the representative, whatever it is, that how can I go about learning this? Do I need to be plugged into something? Is there a demo mode or what? The more due diligence that that you put forth in the beginning, the quicker and easier your learning curve is going to be. So now, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to test yourself. And this is not going to happen. This is like I said, it's a writing, the, as I said last week, writing the check is the easiest part. All right. Everything after that is going to be time consuming and frustrating. After you write the check and the thing comes in the mail and and you open up the box and go, oh, my God, what did I get myself into here? Right. But do not be intimidated by it because it is it is it's going to as my father used to say if a man designed it then a man could work it right so but it's going to but you know it it would be like you 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 have a successful farm raising corn sweet oh that's what field corn and now you're going to raise tomatoes well there's some commonality right with that but there's really apples and oranges no pun intended so you're going to do that spend a lot of time and then what you'll do is make yourself have a piece of paper a pad or something that you make yourself some notes what you need to do and then what you want to do is that you don't want to take this all in one day you're not going to take it in one day you're not going to take it in one week all right the thing is that test yourself all right and say okay 
How do I get to, to, to this screen? How do I get to that screen? How do I get over here? How do I save something? How do I, how do I get to a diagnostic wiring diagram? A lot of these units have wiring diagrams built into them, but you have to find them. So it's, it's going to be like a mining mission, mining for diamonds, all right? So you're going to have to go through a lot of things to find, but you need to find what's called an engineering, the critical path that you have to intuitively get there. Because like with any tool, right? If you buy any tool and you do not know how to use it, then it's a nightmare. So let's say arguably you bought a, uh, you bought a, uh, a veneer caliper and you don't know how to read it. And you say, well, I have a tool here that could read the size of this bolt, but I don't know how to use the tool or I'm fumbling around with the tool. That is going to, because when you're diagnosing a problem with anything, specifically electro, electric, electronically or electric, I should say, or even a mechanical problem, right? If you don't, if, if you're concentrating on how, how to use that tool, so so much you're using those, that brain energy those brain cells is that you're not going to be able to put your 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 thought process and your full attention on trying to interpret the data you have and then try to use that to find out what's going on all right so if uh, if you went to a doctor a cardiologist and he doesn't know how to read the ekg he says i don't know what these lines are all right so that's what you have to do you have to learn how to use this tool and you have to learn how to navigate that's the first step you're not even plugged into anything yet you just have to learn your navigation how to go through it and what is in there because if you buy a better one like i like i said to you there's going to be a lot of information in there and a lot of different things that are going to be of great value if you access them so please sit pat during the quick break and we will talk about the next step when we come back this is capri cafaro host of eat your heartland out every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the american midwest together we'll learn about the food ways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards, and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for it. Tickets available on johnwayne.com, or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Rural is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America, it's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio, activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. I'm Billy Kinder with Kinder Outdoors. Weekends at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, and 6 out West. Come spend a little time with me and my buddies. Hey, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, which is very seldom, I'm thinking about it or dreaming about it with Kinder Outdoors. We enjoy God's great gifts in the woods and on the water every week of the year. 
Make plans to join us in the Kinder Outdoors Camp House this weekend at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central. God bless America. Right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. All right, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. In the previous segment, we discussed learning how to navigate the unit, the software the, the of the scanner, and identifying the different tables and how to get there. So now we have, let's say, we have that all down pat, or we have that down enough to a level where we can plug into something. So, so the next step is to choose a piece of equipment that you have that obviously it could communicate with and you need to plug it in which is going to be another step to learn in your navigation because you may have to hit different keys or go to a different screen to make it active and then see what is available all right from that piece of equipment so at that particular point you may have to have the ignition turned on you may have to have the engine running it's all going to be application specific to what you're looking at the piece of equipment and the tool that you invested in so now you have the next step so we're navigation of the of the tool but when it's plugged in and live on the farm machine and then you will get familiar with that now we need to start to so let's say you get all of the familiarity down pat and that will eventually come but as i said it's a critical path which is the term we use in engineering and you have to try to make that happen um, not overnight but you have to make that happen with some continuity you can't look at the scanner today and then three months later look at it or two weeks later look at it you have to but it's like riding a bicycle once you know where things are because you could have a grain bin controller whatever you have on your farm or your auto steer or your uh, seed monitors or whatever on your planter and then once you learn it, it seems overwhelming in the beginning but now is the time for you to learn it when you do not have a problem right so that is the time to learn right so you don't teach somebody how to drive in a car that doesn't start right <laughs> you say okay this is how you turn the keys say start no you gotta go underneath the hood and do this that's a that's not what you do you never learn that way all right so now you have this and you're able to navigate it and you're able to get some and why is it called a data stream and it's called serial data s-c-r-i-a-l because in most if not all applications it comes to what's called a serial link a series a, ser- a serial link is a single wire a single circuit so what basically in essence an oversimplification is the scanner or this ecu sends out data on the serial line which is a diagnostic portal that is built into the ecu the electronic controllers on that piece of machinery so it's like so think of it like a telephone extension that you're picking up and you're actually eavesdropping with the scanner you're eavesdropping on the conversation that the end that the controller is having with the engine or the transmission or some other aspects of the farm machinery and its response back so you're eavesdropping on that conversation now that is the data stream now if you're looking just at trouble codes then as i said in the first part last week is that you could buy just a code reader i mean there probably are some for agricultural off-road equipment but and they'd be less expensive but they're only going to give you a trouble code they're not going to tell you anything you need to be able to read the serial data and what i mean by read serial data is to be able to understand it and interpret it so you could go into your field and you could pull a soil sample right 
and you can pull a soil sample and send it to a lab and they give you a test back and you know how to read you graduated school and they can say okay so many parts per million this so much percentage is base saturation this so you're reading and i can give that to my wife and read it she has no idea what she's reading but she could read it i'm not talking about that i'm talking about just like a soil test understanding it that you have to look at that data stream that serial data coming out of that control unit on the piece of farm equipment and you have to understand what it's telling you now there's going to be a lot of tables there and there's going to be a lot of data that is that is being that is available i should say that you that you could tap into all right because if you don't if you don't understand it what it's what it's talking about so you can say well how am i going to understand it well that's why i always i I get frustrated with the people who say i want the right to repair yes i agree you should have that right that 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 opportunity but there becomes a learning curve with it so for now first of all what you need to do is then when i taught oscilloscopes in the automobile industry everybody wanted to put an oscilloscope on a problem car and i used to tell them no let me do my demonstration when we get done with the demonstration or your training i will be more than happy to diagnose the problem car with the oscilloscope and work with you on that that's not a problem whatsoever but an, ag- an agrarian analogy that I would make is that if you only saw in your life nitrogen-deficient corn, then you're going to say, oh, that's the norm, right? They're all that color. They're all yellow like that. That's a, that cor- I know corn is always yellow. I don't know what it means, but it's always yellow. So you have to start to understand and be able to look at this data. You're not going to understand it, all right? You're going to have to be able to look at it. So let's say inject a pulse with all right something it's very very simple inject a pulse width and inject a pulse width could be read in milliseconds it could be read in duty cycle it could be read in percentage so you have to look at what that language is coming out of that ecu and how that scanner is reading that language that's why i say there's a there's a there's a big curve to it but you have to say okay i know it says okay 12 ms 12 milliseconds well what does that mean you have to teach that to yourself and then when you don't have the answer to what that is you have to go on a personal quest to find out all right so if you so if it says inject a pulse with cylinder to 12 ms all right so you could read that what does that mean well that means milliseconds all right fine you say ms means milliseconds what does that mean 12 milliseconds well that means that the injector is open and spraying fuel for 12 milliseconds 12 one thousandths of a second so you're going to find all of this data if you look at let's say on tier four you look at catalytic convert uh, conversion rate or ammonia slip all right 12 percent if you don't know what that means then it's absolutely useless and that is the hard part and that's why i'm going to be doing seminars and workshops i spoke about them a couple of weeks ago on this show right is that that is the learning curve as i made you know jokingly said about a doctor reading an ekg is that he has to interpret that or an agronomist be able to look at your soil test and say well i i i okay you know this is weak bray or this is strong bray because of this number is that that is where the skill that is where the finesse comes in and that is where you're going to get the value from the tool <clears throat> now i had said earlier is that that you could get you could actually have a wonderful wonderful education in how all these circuits work by you 
looking at them, all right, <clears throat> being able to tap into the data, looking at them and tapping into data, and then going on a quest to learn exactly what that means. And it ha- and you have to it has to be exactly what it means, not what you think it means, what you hope it means, because if you do not if you're not able to interpret that, then this data stream and everything is going to be useless. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in and we will not do a part 3. I will give you a break from this. But any questions, please feel free to reach out to me Hot Rod Farmer Farm Machinery Digest.com. Thank you. Hi everyone, I'm Jeff Metters. I hope you enjoyed 100 rodeos in 100 days. We can kind of check the numbers. The truth was we actually covered more than 140 rodeos and more than 400 rodeo performances. And that averaged out to be more than 1,000 hours of live rodeo coverage. In one day, we actually covered events from 20 different rodeos. I would say that's over delivering. Of course, we had a chance to watch all the world championship races for 2023 take shape. Thanks for riding along for 100 rodeos in 100 days. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. The agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. Your information. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. Your channel. We explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. The agribusiness and western lifestyle channel. Sirius XM 147 and on the SXM app. The future of agriculture is coming back to Indianapolis for the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo. November 1st through the 4th, tune in to four straight days of live coverage from this unforgettable experience and immerse yourself in a world of innovation, education, and inspiration with farmers, students, and professionals from across the nation. The 96th National FFA Convention and Expo on RFD-TV and Rural Radio Channel 147. Tune in to Rural Evening News, where we walk you through the headlines of the day with an unbiased take surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. Rural Evening News, weeknights, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Hi, this is Bob Phillips, Texas Country Reporter. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio on Sirius XM Channel 147.